0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, everyone, how you doing? What's going on? Welcome to the future award-winning Talk about Buffalo podcast where we often highlight but aren't limited to Buffalo sports, news, media, and entertainment. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very much for locking in. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. When you subscribe on Apple or Spotify, wherever you turn, or you get your podcast from, and you turn those little notification settings on, new episodes will get sent right to your phone, literally as soon as they're published. Happy Casual Friday, everybody. Took a little break last week because it was wall-to-wall NFL draft coverage here. But he's back this week. Casual Friday with my buddy, owner of 26 Shirts, co-founder of Bill's Mafia, my buddy Dell Reed. What's going on? How you doing? What's up, man? It's good to be back on. It's good to have you back on. So, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, some Bill's stuff. I'm going to get your at least some general thoughts on the draft. We'll do our Regular segments that we do every week, but well, I'll tell you what, let's start there, man. So new prospects, new rookies, new guys saying Bills Mafia on Twitter, hashtag Bills Mafia. Probably, even though these are new people, it's got to be that like same old cool feeling you get when you see guys saying it and talking Bills Mafia, same old good feeling for you, I'd imagine, right?
2: Never gets old. I mean, and this past week, it got really weird when the Bills signed Warren G's son as an undrafted free agent and I got Warren G up in my <laughs> timeline to <Three> Bill's mafia.
1: <laughs> like, that was really cool, man.
2: <laughs> if I had a if I had a, a, a time machine to go back and tell nineteen ninety four Dell that first I'd have to explain what the internet was and then i I'd have to get into social media. But if I mentioned to him that hey freaking Warren G is gonna put out a, an update that mentions some crazy hashtag you come up with. Um, I think, I think he would think that was pretty cool. If he was able to wrap his head around everything (laughs) that, uh, goes on with social media and and internets and stuff. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. (laughs) Warren G tweeted bills, mafia. It's crazy.
1: That was really cool. I did see that. I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, wow, man, this is a, this is like really, really, really cool. A um, couple things, and we'll get rolling too. So, we're taping this. We always, Dell and I usually tape sometime Thursday afternoon. I drop this for you guys on Friday. Taping this a couple days earlier in the week now on Tuesday. So, if something crazy happens over the next couple days and we don't hit on it, that's the reason why. And the reason why we're taping this a couple days earlier than normal is I got a few friends that are coming down to Florida. And the reason, and I tell you, man, I don't talk about this on Twitter, and I know it's because of the age, but. My birthday, so people are hearing us on Friday. So my birthday will have been yesterday, Thursday, and it's not just any birthday, brother. I, I got to, I mean, This is an exclusive. I don't ever say this, but I'm turning fifty. I'm gonna be fifty. 50. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think it's the kids call old AF.
1: <laughs> it sure is, man. I am. I have officially hit the age. I think maybe when I first turned forty, for a couple of weeks, I kind of didn't want people to know that I was 40, but now it's like, man, because I've met a lot of people Dell over the last, I don't know. I've been down here in Florida for five years and I've met a lot of Bill's fans through this podcast, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people who follow me and stuff. And I've developed some friendships from that. Nobody really knows how old I am. I don't look knock on wood. I mean, it might catch me someday soon, but I don't look that old. So (laughs) when I tell people that I'm 50, it's, I don't know. I, I get a weird look and it's like half the people are looking at me like, "Wow, man, you don't look like you're 50. The other half are like, damn dude, you're 50. And I'm still hanging out with you. I'm like 37. You know, so
2: yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I'm 45 and I'm completely open about my age. I don't care, you know, not to get too, you know, not to get too into it, but you know, I just had a, a very, I had a family member pass away just this, this past couple of days. And he was younger than me. i have going to miss him. He's a great guy, big heart um bigger than life kind of guy you know and you never know how how much time you have i mean a lot of people don't get to be 50 man so i always say every every wrinkle is a trophy you know every gray hair is a reward you just got to enjoy it man cuz a
1: lot of people don't get to be there so soak it in dude 50 congratulations well thanks Dell. i really appreciate those sentiments i also wanted to say before we get cooking today for you anyway happy almost consistent warm season which For you is Del Reed cargo short season, and you're better known on at least some circles anyway. I think as much as you do like all your charitable causes, I actually think from what I see on Twitter, you're as well known for wearing cargo shorts as anything else, man. That's kind of funny.
2: Yeah, it's a a weird epitaph that's going to find its way into my gravestone someday. (laughs) I have no idea how I became the patron saint of, of cargo shorts. I just went on a rant. Three or four years ago, just about how I don't understand why they were considered non-fashionable or or whatever, and suddenly I got attached to it. And now, anytime somebody has cargo shorts on sale, uh, you whether it's Amazon or some random website, like people are in my mentions on Twitter sending me sales links and stuff. Which is like, (laughs) I only have have two legs, guys. Like, it's I got enough shorts. I'm good. But yeah, it's funny. Even like, you know, to name drop here, even uh, former. Bills wide receiver David Nelson was in my Twitter mentions yesterday, telling me to give up the cargo shorts. I'm like, "Where'd you come from, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> what the
3: heck?
2: He's, he's actually cool. We're, we're you know we're boys, but uh, the only time he's been in my mentions in the past year is to tell me how cargo shorts are bad.
1: <laughs> That's a good name. That's a name from the past that I kind of forgot about that I shouldn't have because he was a he was a pretty good player for the Bills, an undrafted guy who uh you know did some good things for the Bills. Didn't get drafted. So speaking of the draft, by the way, like, how did you enjoy the draft? Uh, Thursday, I'm sure you watched Thursday, potentially. I don't know if you watch it all Friday uh, in the Saturday afternoon. Like how much of the draft did you actually watch? Where did you watch it? Um, were you were you on Twitter a lot during the draft or were you just kind of locked into the TV? Did you let Twitter kind of spoil the picks for you like the insiders? Or did you wait to see who the guys were on TV? Like how did that play out for you?
2: I spent on Thursday night, I spent a good portion of the draft, uh, on Ty Dunn's, uh, community zoom that he puts together yeah. for the subscribers of go long, which I highly recommend. Um, I beat that drum a lot on Twitter lately just because I think it's awesome what he's doing. Uh, sure. he's building a community, really, not just a, a website with different you know articles and interviews and stuff. Um, so I, I, I hung out with that crew for most of Thursday and, uh, I'm not so much worried about spoilers. Like, dude, this isn't like Avengers end game. This isn't like the next Star Wars movie. It's like, right. who cares if you know who the pick is, whether it's 25 seconds ahead of when they say it on the television, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I, I guess I can understand why some people get upset. It doesn't bother me at all. So, yeah. you know, I've got my laptop set up on a stand. I've got the television going and just kind of absorbing as much as I can waiting for the bills to get their turn. Um, so that was Thursday. Friday, I spent a little bit more time with on Ty's uh, Zoom meeting. I did a, a train wreck thing with them. Uh, I think I joined another one at one point or another. It, it, but Friday, I, I wasn't as dialed in as I was, you know, Thursday, just because that's the first round, and those are all a lot of the names that you're familiar, you know, hearing from the past few months. Um, and then Saturday, actually, uh, I had to help my sister move, so I wasn't really dialed in that much at all. I was just you know, waiting for the, the bills app to, to buzz my phone when a, a new pick was made. And I, I hop it on Twitter here and there throughout the day, just because it's kind of like, you know, like an IV for me, I'm always on Twitter, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a fun draft. It was, it was cool. You know, it was, I'm glad to see Brandon Bean invest so much um, effort into the line of scrimmage. I think a lot of people were not excited because I think he only had like I think the only draft of like one offensive skill position in the entire draft.
1: with yeah.
2: Mark, Stevenson. So yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. They, they had their, they had the luxury now, now that the quarterback uh, position is kind of set up, they have the luxury now to, to just go BPA and they, you know, they kept tracking defensive ends that were first round grades by some scouts. So cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and by the way, quick side note, I'm glad you mentioned Ty. I, I love what he's doing as well. I mean, I I subscribe. I wasn't in on, I haven't been on the Zoom stuff. I just, I never seen that. There's always something going on with me when it's happening. But yeah, it's one thing to subscribe. Like say you subscribe to the Buffalo News or to the Athletic and you get your money's worth. I mean, great journalism and Ty gives you all that. But he does a really good job of involving the people who subscribe in these interactive things. So for people out there listening who might not know what Dell and I are talking about, every friday and he did it for the draft but usually on fridays ty has a zoom happy hour and he has a different guest he's had draft draft prospects on i remember he had alan robinson a star receiver for the bears on he's had some uh, joe from buffalo wins on twitter as well he's always raving about this as well i I do got to get to one of these but anyway my point was is he does a really good job of involving people with like an interactive uh feature of just it's not you're not just subscribing, you're kind of part of a community like you talked about. And I really think that's cool. So people should definitely uh go check that out. Yeah, I was kind of the same Thursday. I mean, obviously I was locked in. And then I did a podcast after the draft ended, which was after midnight. Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings was kind enough to join me. And uh so yeah, we I didn't get that out till like 2 30 in the morning. Friday I watched as well and people around here were doing other stuff and I kind of got a little a little bit annoyed by Saturday. It was like a, a big house party, a pool party. I'm like, I ain't missing that. So I kind of just checked in on Twitter a little bit here and there too. I was like, I'm not going to sit there and uh spend my whole Saturday watching a draft. But yeah, I've said this, like I think for the entire off season and I feel it continued into the draft. This has been a, uh, w- w- what's the phrase I've been using a lot? It's underwhelming, but it's practical. And that's not an insult whatsoever. When I say underwhelming, It doesn't mean I'm disappointed. It's just they didn't make a lot of big, bold moves, like trading up to 22 to take Travis Etienne. That would have been a bold move. You know what I mean? So it's been underwhelming or or going out and trading a a first round pick for uh, an established defensive end. That's bold or spending big money on $40 million on John Smith or something like that. That's what I'm talking about when I say underwhelming, but practical because I think they're, Not only have they improved this team, but the other word I would use, and I think this draft perfectly exemplifies that, Dell, is depth. You know, we talk about depth. And and that's an important position. Last year, it was ride or die with Josh Allen. If he went down, game over. And I like Matt Barkley. They signed Mitch Trubisky this offseason. If Josh Allen misses, I mean, if he goes down for the year, yeah, the bills are probably done. Just like uh, the Buccaneers are done if Tom Brady goes down or, Or Mahomes, you know, the Chiefs are done. So it's not just that. But anyway, he can win you three or four games over five or six game span, if need be. I like what they did in this draft too. Although my knee-jerk reaction was not a positive one at all. I was kind of, I was annoyed. But as it's like the dust has settled on it, I get it. I get it with, especially with, I mean, look, with defensive ends, you got two guys in Addison and Hughes who are probably not going to be here next year. I saw a stat that the two new guys, um, Rizzo, Basham, and AJ Epinesa, if you take all three of them combined, they make less money than Mario Addison. You know, (laughs) I mean, you got, and I'm talking about next year or two after a year in, so that matters. But the tackles at first, I'm like, why? Why, 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 why? I didn't get that. I wanted a cornerback or tight end or, or a running back. But I get it because Again, we talked about death behind Josh Allen. Well, what about the death behind Deion Dawkins or Daryl Williams? One of those guys go down, team's in trouble. So I get it with uh, with Brown, Spencer Brown, taking a third round guy or a tackle in the third round. You got to have a a quality swing tackle and maybe he develops into a starter, but I like that. And I like the fact that they went really big on the on both sides of the line, which by the way, do you get a chance during the summer a non-COVID summer, hopefully things are closer back to normal, if not normal by the summer, but do you usually get a chance to make a couple trips up to Rochester for camp?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I normally get up there at least once, sometimes two or three times, but I try to get up there at least once. I think 2019, I think I was up there twice. Um,
1: well, I asked that because I'm sure you pay attention to a couple positions specifically. And I think this year, you're going to get some good camp battles, man. Defensive end is a uh, that's going to be a premium battle because there's some veterans who are not making this team. I mean, Daryl Johns is probably minus injuries; things happen, but he's probably not making this team anymore. Uh, Effie Obada, a guy who if you and I probably did talk about him a little bit within you know the last month or so, he's going to have the fight of his life to make this roster now <laughs> because they drafted two defensive ends. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the offensive line. I mean they just drafted three offensive linemen and they signed a bunch of uh, guys to compete for roster spots in free agency. So, man, if you like beef, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun camp. There's going to be some good battles.
2: Yeah, I I love it. Uh, The, especially the investment in the offensive line, this team has come too far and we've put way too much energy and thought and whatever into Josh Allen and the receivers. Like, we got to make sure that he's when he's back there, he's got time to, to do the job, and yeah. and, and so I am all about you know the two tackles and a guard, you know in, in the draft. I think is what they ended up with, right? Two tackles and a guard, and then with the defensive end, like you just said, um, they're a year away, most likely from being much more scarce than they are now at that position. So, I love it. I love the luxury that the team has now because they've come too far. They were they were you know one game away from playing in the Super Bowl. and and, and so i think i tweeted this on on friday or thursday or friday like bills fans we're used to the draft being our super bowl Uh, that's not it anymore it's going to be boring you know it's going to be lackluster i am so cool with it let's save the excitement for you know uh january and, and maybe february that's 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 what i'm here for and you know, we're done trying to find those big pieces, those those big swings. We have the quarterback. He's proven we have a lot of talent uh, at the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, you and I talked about running back, but, you know, with the addition of Matt Breida, they've got the speed. They do have the speed in that backfield now, so they have a good complement in the running back stable. So let's just make sure that the offense can do what it's supposed to do. Let's make sure that this offensive line isn't, you know, an ACL tear away from, you know, suddenly the Bills losing two or three games that they should not have lost.
1: Right. So I, I am I, I, I am all about it. Well, you know, I was complaining half jokingly at least earlier about being old and you know, you you wear that forty five on your chest proud as well. But one cool thing about our ages, at least anyway, is compared to some of these younger guys and girls listening to the show right now, is they don't know what it's like to be drafting twenty eight, thirty something every year. But, you know, we got a good taste of that in the in the late 80s, in the early 90s, like the, and again, good value. You, they weren't always top 10 picks, you know, Thurman in the second round, but there was that, that run where it seemed like every year they were drafting a guy, you know, getting a late first round pick guys like Henry Jones and, and Phil Hanson and John Fina and Thomas Smith. A lot of these guys who were unheralded when they came out. Like I remember Thomas Smith. I was like, who? you know, John Fina. I did not remember no much about John Fina when he came out. And Henry Jones, and these guys turned out to be key contributors that really helped take the bills to the next level or at least maintain where they already were, so yeah man it's it's just a it's a different feeling it's something to get used to when you're picking uh this slate. I think it was a mixed bag of uh results in terms of like grades from the pundits, which doesn't mean shit, of course, you know that, but uh you know some had the bills having a pretty good grade i think Mel Kuiper gave him like a b minus I saw a couple where they got horrible grades. I think FanDuel was the harshest. I think they gave him like a, a C- and said that they had the second worst draft of anybody besides Houston, which again, I mean, I, I don't get that at all. I mean, team, guys from the outside who don't understand the, the the roster, I think those are the people who had the most to complain about. Like the running back thing, you and I talked about this many times. We both like Travis ATM, but trusted the organization to make a a wise, sound decision. And they concluded that they're good with running backs. So, I mean, you know, I. but the national people from the outside who don't really know the team intimately like fans like yourself or, or podcasters like me do, I think those are the ones who are uh, the most critical, which again, it means nothing, but still a little bit annoying here when somebody gives the bills a shitty draft grade and when, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's under my skin a little bit. You know, speaking of getting under my skin too, but I, I know you, Dell. like you ain't no controversial take guy, but. Can you agree with me at least on this? All right. And I'm begging. if you're in the media, if you're a blogger, if you're a fan, stop asking these new dudes about blue cheese, man. <laughs> I hate that brother. I hate it, man. I hate it. Get like that is so tired to me. Like the whole blue cheese thing, dude, I eat more wings than probably 99% of the people that, you know, I promise you that I write about them. I talk about them all the time. Guess what? I don't like blue cheese. I don't like any cheese. I just had the wings. It's like, why is that such a big buffalo thing to ask about blue cheese? It's like a necessity to do it.
2: Hate it. I don't know. What's funny is that the blue cheese in Buffalo is different than blue cheese like everywhere else. And so a lot of people they have these opinions and they say, "Oh, blue cheese, that's disgusting," because they're thinking of that either you know, that, that that bitter crumbly blue cheese or whatever. I mean, the, the blue cheese. I would say there's a difference between blue, B L E U, and blue, B L U E. Oh cheese it's just a a difference and in in buffalo we've got our own you know variation more often than not i mean i've gotten chicken wings with like normal you know nationwide whatever like blue cheese it's terrible it's disgusting man i'll give me like that give me that stuff cut with mayo or whatever it is however they make it like i don't want any of that 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 bitter nonsense you get a cup of blue cheese and it's taken up half by those blue cheese chunks like what am i supposed to do with this it's like I, i can get half a cup of blue cheese no, I want the I want the that horrible stuff.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, blue cheese stuff aside, like I said, this draft is one of those legitimate, uh, trust the process drafts. And and would you, again, you and I have talked about this for many weeks on this show, leading up to the draft that you weren't going to be too high or too low on guys. And you were just going to trust your organization, trust the process, which by the way, that's a perfect segue into our 26 shirt segment for the week, because the new shirt is out, uh, Volume nine, shirt one, and it says, trust the results. And the word process is scratched out underneath. Um, it has results. Great shirt, man. And really, to me, it demonstrates that uh, the Buffalo Bills have now become a franchise or result oriented franchise, which I like that a lot. So anyway, that shirt's available through May 16th. And every week on this podcast, Dell and I highlight the cause behind it. I think that's very important. And this week, uh, the beneficiary is a, is a 29-year-old young lady named Alex. I want to read the, the description that you can find on the 26shirts.com website as well, of course. Um, this is regarding Alex. So in January of 2021, Alex was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer because it had spread in nearby lymph nodes and other organs. Her cancer is no longer curable, but it is treatable. As you can imagine, this was incredibly hard news for someone just shy of her 29th birthday to hair alex is undergoing treatment at roswell parks cancer institute and is responding well to her initial rounds of chemotherapy she's a cherished daughter granddaughter sister niece and cousin alex has spent her life making people feel important special and understood she is a powerful presence in the recovery community in buffalo and she has helped more people than she will ever know through some of the worst moments of their lives she's a natural fighter with the long road ahead of her, Alex and her family appreciate all the support and well wishes. Please consider a shirt purchase or a donation to her online fundraiser. And I'll put a link to that as well uh, in the show notes. So just talk a little bit about, you know, this specific campaign and Alex, as always. I mean, and by the way, props again to shirt designer Garrett Wolowski as well, because it's a really cool shirt. I like it a lot. But yeah, just talk a little bit about, you know, this campaign and a little bit from what you got to know about Alex. Yeah,
2: well, it, you mentioned Garrett, so we'll, we'll talk about that first, real quick. Uh, yeah, he's awesome, dude. He just—we just finished up his the campaign with his high score design. Uh, we've been working with Garrett for years. He's, you know, he's great. He's a very, um, maybe I, I dare say, underappreciated freelance artist out there in the Buffalo community. He does a lot of great jersey swaps. Every time the Bills sign somebody, you know, he does a great jersey swap, puts it up on Instagram, and and uh, just he's really talented. We're lucky to work with him. And yeah, so this, this, the concept for this idea was, you know, I, I was thinking about this, you know, during the football season last year, how they've really gotten past this whole process thing and in a lot of ways. It's like, I mean, it's the process, the process, he says in finger quotes, is something that is always, right. it's a part of everything that, you know, McDermott does and the front office and everything. Um, But really, now this is like you said. This is a results-oriented franchise. Like the process has been proven. You know, it it was implemented in 2017. It's now 2021, and look where we are. You know, we're coming off a season where the team was one win away from the Super Bowl, and maybe this year they're going to win it. I sure hope so. So uh, I I just thought that was a fun play on on that whole term. But you know, as for you know, Alex, you know, her a couple friends of hers reached out to us, you know, several months back and we were finally able to work her in to, uh, you know, our, our campaign uh, schedule. And so we're, you know, excited to do that, excited to help her and, you know, hoping that we can make a dent, you know, in some of these, these bills and just everything else she's got going on.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, I should have mentioned this as well. There is a special edition shirt. I am Greg, which is a great play on Gregory Russell from, You know, we found out his nickname was Groot and it says, I am Greg with number one on it and it looks really, really cool. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So there's definitely a couple good shirts to get out there. Before we get into our segments, this is going to be something I know you like this anyways. I'm near and dear to your heart. So again, we are taping this on May 4th, the whole May the 4th be with you thing. I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. Bruce Nolan said it best. Let people like what they want to like. I agree. That shit ain't for me, though. I'm I'm just not a Star Wars guy. But I did see yesterday that trailer for Marvel Studios, that three minute and 10 second trailer. I thought of you instantly. I literally thought of you instantly when I watched that, man. The audience reaction wow. I mean, the the scene, I mean, they showed some of the old ones and then they showed an audience reaction scene with Captain America looks to his left. And then the Avengers are ready to fight. And, and then the hammer comes and he catches. I was like, oh my God, this is like so hyped with the crowd. But anyway, so they showed that and then they and then it's a trailer which shows 10 upcoming MCU movies over the next couple of years. Um, Black Widow, I got somebody's written down here. Shang and The Legend of Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, a Thor, a Black Panther, The Marvels. Uh, there's an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie coming in 2023. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. I can't imagine what your level of excitement and enthusiasm must have been seeing that trailer, man. Whew,
2: yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was something else, dude. I, uh, I, I you know, didn't know that was coming. It was basically a trailer for all of Phase 4, the next slate of movies. And they even teased Fantastic Four at the end there. Which is, which are, you know, the Fantastic Four that's considered, you know, Marvel's first family. And so, you know, a lot of diehards have been waiting for that, like a, a good rendition of the Fantastic Four for a long time. It's, uh, so that'll, that'll be fun. But yeah, that, that whole Black Panther 2 title card, when they showed that, I started tearing up, man. Like that was like, you know, you think about Chadwick Boseman, and then when it says Wakanda forever, it almost feels like an homage to him in some ways, you know. Um, but yeah, that was, I did not expect that trailer to drop yesterday. So I started watching it, and three minutes later, I was like, this was amazing. It was so great. So yeah, I'm very open, you know, about my love for superhero movies, especially the Marvel ones. Uh, it's done so well, you know, there's an argument to be made that there's not been any duds in the entire MCU to this point, maybe, you know, Thor, uh, the dark world, which, but even that has some great points in it too. So I'm a complete stand for it. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to Loki dropping in June and then we're going to finally have that black,
1: Let's hit up our weekly segments for uh we get out of here and call it a day. Um so we do what today's years old. I, I don't know if you got one for this week, but I do and it kind of goes back to my theme of being old now and I think I got something that's gonna make me sound old and bitter, but I don't care. It is what it is. But I was today's years old or this week's years old, whatever you want to call it. When I learned like what a jersey snob or uh again, how the old bitter guy that I must be becoming or something because I hate these single-digit numbers for skill position players. I hate it. Kyle Pitts, the fourth overall pick for Atlanta, he's wearing number eight. Uh, more specifically to Buffalo, Emmanuel Sanders is number one. I just don't like single-digit football players. on anybody who's not a punter, a kicker, or a quarterback. So I was today's years old when I realized it, when I saw the, the physical jersey of Sanders with number one and Pitts with number eight, and I just didn't like it. Didn't like it at all, man. Sorry, bro. I hate it. I hate it. Too. <laughs> like, Good. All right. It? So, all right, I so think it I is maybe it is an over 45 thing. now. Oh, okay. Sure, Good. I think I tweeted about that a couple weeks ago. How like, um,
2: it, you know, I've been watching, you know, football nonstop, you know, every season for, you know, 30 plus years at this point. And I, my brain is not ready to start seeing these guys out split, split wide with single digits or, you know, I'm just not here for it. Not here for it, man. Nope. No, thank you. Do, ultimately it doesn't matter, but like
1: it's oh I just got used to guys wearing numbers in the teens over the last couple of years. I mean, we grew up and wide receivers always had numbers in the eighties, you know, and now they're in the teens, which I'm like finally getting used to that. Now I gotta deal with guys wearing like Marquez Stevenson's wearing number five for the Bills. I'm like, no, that's Trent Edwards. No, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a wide receiver. So oh uh, yeah. Anyway, you got one?
2: Um Actually, you know, I'm gonna go with I was just I was today's years old when I learned you were 50. You look great, dude. You're gonna be 50. Congrats. You know, seriously, I'm gonna go with that this week. You, you're looking good, bro. You're Looking good. 50. 50 was so much older when I was like 10. I mean, you you should have been like on that store. You know, as far as, <laughs> as you <yeah, laughs> had a 10 year old me. So man, you look great.
1: I want to have a fun with polls. Were you a game? I don't think we've never talked about this. Are you? Were you a fan of Game of Thrones? I've actually. I think I've seen one. Episode ever. Okay, well, well then I you won't be able to it. you won't be able to comment on this, but a lot of people listening, I'm gonna share the results. So I did a poll asking who's the most evil character in the history of Game of Thrones. And Ramsey Bolton, I, I thought he would win, but I thought it would be close, but he's got like 50% of the votes. Uh Joffrey had 29%, Cersei 16%, and Littlefinger four. I'll tell you, here's a funny thing. I'm not, and this is for you, Dell. I'm that's not my cup of tea, this kind of show. Like, I don't like, I didn't like the Lord of the Rings. I, didn't like, I don't like magical or fantasy stuff. Like, I'm not a big Harry Potter guy, and I'm not a big fan of time pieces, period pieces, especially when it's not American time and, and when it's way back in the day. Like, I don't like stuff from hundreds or thousands of years ago. Like, I don't like the old Gladiator movies, those kind of things. But for whatever reason, this particular show, my wife forced me to watch it, and I ended up loving it, like it's on my Mount Rushmore of all time TV shows. But if you, uh, if it had spinoffs, and I think it's going to have a spinoff or something, I probably won't even watch it. It's just so weird. It was like I don't know, lightning struck with me when it comes to that show because it's not my cup of tea. But man, I really loved it. Anyway, it was a
2: good. Uh, my understanding is it was a great show for history buffs because there's so much built-in fictional history in you know in that show. Like, that's how one person explained it to me. So
1: yeah, that could be. Anyway, for people, like I said, who, who have seen the show, I just found it was interesting that Ramsey won by such a hefty margin and, uh, over Joffrey and Cersei, but anyway, let's get to, well, it was two weeks ago. It wasn't last week because last week we had uh draft stuff going on two weeks ago. We did our favorite movie villains of all times and <laughs> dude, I'm getting my ass whooped man. This was another one where Dell sure. beat the shit out of me, man. It was, uh. So you drafted to recap because again it's been a couple of weeks now. We did all time ta- our favorite movie villains, not all time best. Well, but we said our favorite movie villains. You drafted the Joker, the one played by Heath Ledger, Thanos, uh, Kaiser Soze from uh The Usual Suspects. Come, I, what God, I always get the name wrong. The the, the bad guy from Gladiator, Commodus, 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 and, and Loki. And I drafted this was bad, man. All right, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. I, I, I stand by those, okay? I still do. Then I went Nurse Ratchet, which just that was not gonna play well with with our, our audience anyway. Uh, and then the one where I really dropped the ball, Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. That was just a horrible freaking choice, bro. Horrible choice. I heard so much dude, shit. You you took a dude who became the protagonist in the ensuing TV show. Like he's the protagonist. Exactly. He's a good dude. He's not even the biggest villain in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> or you can know, make a case that his mentor, uh, the guy who John Cross nice. plays. I forgot. to Yeah, that that's the actual, the biggest villain in there. And then I went, which I thought was funny, and I kind of, I semi-stand by it anyway. Schooner McGavin, man. But I heard a lot more people, a couple people were saying like, well, he was an asshole, not a villain. I'm like, well, isn't that kind of the sort of the same thing with movies? But anyway, 84% to 16, man. I just got crushed. You dragged me again. So I wonder who
2: these 16% are. I don't know who's 16%. Yeah, I want I'll tell you,
1: I can't remember because, God, I, again, I'm turning 50, bro. So I, I can't remember shit from two weeks ago, let alone a month or whatever have you. But I do know the, the poll before this, I can't remember the category, but I was kind of annoyed. Like you beat me convincingly, but I was like, I kind of liked, oh, it was the pizza places. I thought those should have been closer and you dragged me on that one too. But this one, I'm like, I kind of got what I deserved. So anyway, you're up in this series now, four to two. By the way, a couple of omissions because what? All right, so my my wife likes sports, but she don't care to hear me talk. Like she don't give a shit what I got to say about the Bills or the Sabers. She don't want to hear about all the sports talk. My wife's one of those people. If the game's on, she's gonna watch it. She doesn't need to hear hours and hours and hours of of sports talk. But anyway, with our casual Friday segment, she knows that uh, we do stuff like this. Like we have different categories that are not sports and that's where she has her opinions and her takes and uh so i played that portion for her and she came up with four people that she was like i can't believe you didn't say these now one of them everybody so we both missed one of them for sure and that was darth vader that was like on twitter there were lots of comments like how do you have a a villains ball and not have darth vader so i think we both dropped the ball on this one but then she had a couple of good low key ones that i thought were really good and i want i want to share those she had uh Ann Wilkes from Misery. Kathy Bates from Misery. She was a good villain. Um, Joan Crawford. This is an old movie, which, again, really I don't know grist. how this would have played well, but for Mommy Darius. Yeah. And then one from the animation world, man. Scar from Lion King. That's a good one. <laughs>
2: Ooh, that, I, I feel worse about missing Scar than Darth Vader, to be honest with you, because that dude was... There was no yeah. redemption arc for that, dude. That No. Was, that was, that was, <laughs> we totally dropped the ball on that
1: one. Yeah, so maybe on these, uh, on these weekly segments, I'll start highlighting a couple of uh, the ones that people let us know that we missed. Anyway, new category this week, and I gave Dell the option. I was like, you picked something, man. I got to maybe change my luck around here a little bit. And you went with best 90s albums. So that's going to be the category this week. We've done some 80s stuff. We haven't really done any 90s stuff yet. I'm trying to think in my mind. So last week, I think you went first. I think you took the Joker did. two weeks ago. Yeah, and then I yeah, went yeah. back with Myers and Jason Voorhees. I thought going back to back with early 80s, uh, serial killers would have played to my advantage. And certainly did it. So anyway, I'm, uh, so I'll go first. And, and the rules are, again, we call it the starting five. So Dell and I are snake drafting a starting five of best 90s albums. I'll pick one, he'll pick two, I'll pick two, he'll pick two, and then I'll finish uh, with the last pick. So I'll go first, and these are all albums that dropped in the 90s. And I will put up a poll on Twitter over the weekend, and and people will vote, and uh, that's how we determine who wins these each week. So anyway, all right, so I'll go first. Ugh, I'm looking at my list. I honestly didn't know that I was going first. And plus, unlike some of our other categories, I really don't have an absolute consensus lock for number one. So I'm kind of looking at the list of uh the candidates that I wrote down. You know, I'm gonna draw from the time I remember it came out. I'm gonna, actually gonna go Pearl Jam ten. That's gonna be that's gonna be my first pick. Uh Alive Jeremy Black Even Flow. That's uh that's probably my my favorite album from the nineties. Not my favorite John Your music. I was more of a hip hop and R and B guy in the nineties than uh alternative rock but that album was, uh, for me anyway, it was it was unbeatable. So my first one's going to be Pearl Jam by, uh, or 10 by Pearl Jam.
2: Strong, strong. This is tough because I mean, we have 10 years to to draw from. And, you know, as a 90s kid, like, it's just, this is really hard for me. I mean, I, I suggested it, it, but but then when it was time to do it, I'm like, I have no idea who to pick. So <laughs> I, I figured I was going to go with, you know, the obvious number one, which is Nirvana, Nevermind, completely changed music. It just yeah. changed, changed music for the next, you know, 10 years at least. Uh, and um, for my number two, I think I'm going to go with the Weezer Blue album. I know a lot of people think that, you know, Pinkerton is maybe their their best album. Uh, actually, one of my least favorites, as much as I enjoy, like, you know, quote unquote, emo music. And they're kind of like one of the albums that kickstarted the whole, you know, subgenre. But uh, the Blue album, man, is just perfect from that first note to the last note it's just it's one of my all-time favorite albums and um i am honored to give it number two in my starting five
1: this is one of the things about music just like with food and movies and stuff it's so subjective and i feel like when it comes to music i could tell like in this decade generally speaking you and i weren't into the same types of music that's not to say that i didn't like some of the stuff that you liked and you didn't like some of the stuff that I liked, but I think generally speaking, I, I I think you were more of a, of a rock alternative rock kind of guy in, in the nineties where again, like I said, I was more into the hip hop side of it. And, uh, and I, Bro, you just so picked Pearl years. jam 10. You just picked
0: Pearl right. jam 10. That was the exception. <laughs> and
1: by the way, and just so you know this, I, I know I, I joke and say, well, I need a better strategy to try to win a poll. I, I'm not saying I don't want to win a poll. So if you are listening, vote for me, please. But I'm not <laughs> going to pick guys. I'm going to pick guys that I truly feel are albums. I should say guys, like they're like they're players right now. I'm going to pick selections that I truly feel are among my favorite five. That Pearl Jam 10 album, I'm, I'm telling you, put it this way. If I owned maybe two non-R&B or hip-hop CDs in the 90s, that was one of the two. I think I did own Naran at one point. And I like them. I just, for me personally... I, I preferred Pearl Jam. Uh, all right, so I got two here. I'm going with rap. One rap album for sure, and that's uh, Enter the Wu-Tang: Thirty Six Chambers by Wu-Tang Clan. That that's easy for me. In fact, it was either that or Pearl Jam for number one. I mean, Method Man was on there, not the rapper, the song, which is one of my favorite rap songs. Uh, some songs with square words. I really don't, want to don't need to really repeat them on this podcast and. not going to use the N word because yeah, they use the N with the A at the end, but still the N word. And I feel like white people should never say that word, even if it's the lyrics from a song, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I'm not going to say some of the lyrics from the song about protect your neck. That was another great song. Cream was a great song. So I'm definitely going with Wu Tang. And that was a pretty easy one for me. Uh, This is where I need to be careful here. This is where I kind of fall off and lose the audience, but (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Um, if you say bodyguard soundtrack,
2: we can't do this podcast anymore.
1: No, no,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did like it though. I mean, we had that discussion and, and I also remember, that brings back memories of us talking about this, my wife it was made four or five weeks ago. I told you, I saw that at the movie theaters with another dude and we had that, uh, what did you had the name for it? The dude buffer. You, yeah. The dude buffer where that there's an empty seat in between two guys, uh. <laughs> somewhere to put the jackets. Yeah. Um, I am
2: going Oh, wait, you to said go... Bodyguard soundtrack for the 80s, for the soundtracks, didn't
1: you? No, well, oh, it was for movie That's soundtracks. It was so overall movie yeah, so soundtracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would... yeah, that was one of the ones that you destroyed me on. Um, <laughs> God, this is harder than I thought, because I, look, I got a list, but I did not power rank these ahead of time. So I'm, I'm kind of looking and I'm like, mm, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh... You know what? I love this album personally. And again... I'm going to go with TLC, but not, I, I crazy, sexy, cool was like the, the more popular album. I'm going with crazy, sexy or not crazy. Sexy. I'm going with TLC, but it was Ooh on the TLC tip. That was their first album. That's the one that had, I ain't too proud to beg on it. Uh, Baby, baby, baby. What about your friends? Hat to the back. Yeah, that was my, those are my jams. So. <laughs> again, at the, at the risk of falling off to the people, I I, I got to say, Truman. So I'm going. TLC is my third pick. Oh, ooh, on the TLC tip. That's the name of the album. So you got two, and I know that was on your short list. So <laughs>
2: ten was, but not ooh on the TLC tip. But you see I to the audience, I mean that was a very popular album. You know, you don't know, you might get some votes on it. You might
1: get some votes. maybe. Doubt it.
2: Uh, so for me, this is again just to reiterate. This was really hard because I I had probably 15 albums in my top five and there's gonna be stuff i miss and there's there's one album that i'm not including which is killing me i want to include it but i just i don't have space for it so uh i'm gonna go with first what's the story morning glory by oasis one of the best albums in my opinion ever period much less from the 90s and then i'm gonna double down on the on the pearl jam with your 10 i have verses
1: so okay I'm kind of, rec- I'm, I'm recording these or I'm writing, trying to write these down. So versus Pearl Jam, what was the name of the, album, the other album you took?
2: What's the story in Morning Glory by Oasis? What's,
1: yeah. What's the story Morning Glory? All right. I, actually, yeah, I know that album a little bit. I like Oasis some, again, not as much as Del Rey, but I, I do like them. All right. So I got two more, which is going to be my last two here. Um, This was a commercially popular album that, I think maybe I like now more than I did actually in the nineties itself, but I like jagged little pill by Atlantis Morissette. I was a big Atlantis Morissette fan. I'm a even bigger fan of her now, but a lot of hits on there too. You ought to know uh, ironic head over feet. Um, hand in, hand my, in pocket. my pocket. Yep. Yep. So th- that was a good album. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with her and now man, I got one more, by the way, I'm sure you'll have a couple as well, but I definitely going to have at least one or two, uh, honorable mentions that don't get named. Oh, I got to go back to rap music and I got to go to Snoop doggy dog, doggy style. Uh, you had gin and juices on there. Murder was the case. Lottie Dottie. Um, ain't no fun. That, that was a great, great album. And there was, it was between that and another one, which we'll see if I, if I named that for honorable mention or not, but yeah, all right, so I, I, that's, that's going to be my five, actually, I think, now, right? Yep, I got five. So you're going to have the honor of picking the last one here.
2: Yeah, that album, the, the Smooth Dog Doggy Style, was huge when it came out. Like, like literally, yeah. everybody had that album. Everybody had that album, that tape. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. That tape. That tape, tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is tough. I have, I have four here that I have
1: to choose from. I'm going to go with... Um, before you answer, is this, so this is our seventh category. Has this been the hardest one for you yet? Oh my gosh, dude. It's, and I'm the
2: one that suggested it. And then yeah. it's just, it's, it's killing me because the fact that I can't include some of them in here is just, it's only five though, I guess it's only five. Um, I'm going to go with Metallica and the black album. You know, I, I kind of learned Metallica backwards. The, the you know, they had so many great albums in the 80s, you know, Master of Puppets and Justice for All, Ride the Lightning, all that. Um, I, I discovered Metallica through the Black Album when I was 15 years old. And it, you know, break, it was, that and Nirvana's Nevermind, I think, kind of changed everything for me. And so actually, get, you know, 15-year-old me would be super pissed if I didn't include this in the top five albums from the 90s. So I got to go with Metallica
1: Black Album. Okay, so let's recap or actually before we recap, I got a couple honorable mentions and then I'll let you name as well a couple as well. Um I was deciding between Snoop and uh Dr. Dre the Chronic. That was going to be on my list and uh an R&B one that I liked a lot was Boys to Men, Coolie High Harmony. I love the Motown Philly and it's so hard to say goodbye was on there. And and then uh a couple other ones I Eminem, Slim Shady LP, that was at least a contender for me. Uh, if, if you would have taken a couple of mine, which I should have known you weren't going to take a couple of mine, but <laughs> that, was, that was a contender. And then uh, the last one, like I said, if, if need be, I was a huge, huge, huge TLC fan. And I did like Crazy Sexy Cool, so I would have been okay. That's the one that had like Creep and Waterfalls and Red Light Special, a lot of their more popular uh, newer songs. But I, I, again, I like their first album even better. So anyway, those were my honorable mentions. You got a couple?
2: Yeah, I have uh, Counting Crows, August and everything after. Which you catch me on the right day, and I'll tell you that's my favorite album ever. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. funny that it didn't make my top five, but um, it, that album is it's it's one of those. I think I tweeted about this like a month or two ago. Like it may not be like a top top album um, for me most days, but it's one album that I'm going to be listening to the rest of my life and never get sick of. I, I, I absolutely right. love that album. Um, I, I find they have a couple different concerts on YouTube where they play through the entire album to an audience and he changes, you know, Adam Duritz, the singer changes it around and they, they do redo a lot of the arrangements and some of them are slow instead of fast. It's, it's amazing. Um, so that one absolutely has to be mentioned. It's in a whole separate category, to be honest with you, in terms of like top '90s albums for me. And then also I have REM's automatic for the people and U2's Good Hot one. Tongue Baby.
1: Good one. The last two are ones I know well. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. Uh, there's a couple on, a couple of your albums that I personally don't know well. But anyway, so let me recap who we actually drafted, our starting five. So Dell went with, and I'm going in order of drafting here Nirvana, Nevermind, um, Weezer, Blue, Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory, uh, Pearl Jam's album, Versus, and then Metallica, the, the Black album. Those were Dell's five. My five were Pearl Jam, 10. Um, Wu-Tang Clan, uh, the 36 Chambers album, TLC, ooh, on the TLC tip, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, and uh, Doggy Style by Snoop Doggy Dog. I'm going to be honest with you here. If I don't win this poll, I might not ever win one. <laughs> and again, it's not it's not that I think my albums are necessarily better than yours, but I feel like some of yours might not play as well mainstream-wise. But I don't know, out. I've been wrong before. We're going to find out. Like, cr- I, put it this way. If I submitted the, the these listed to Rolling Stone and they said, who who, who has the better albums? Who drafted the better albums? I guarantee you'd kill me. Like these critically, I guarantee you, your albums are critically better than mine. I, like, I guarantee you that. But I'm interested in the voting. Like I said, if your boy's ever going to win one, it's got to be now. Because if I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I honest. mean...
2: It's, uh you know, you know and talking about non-mainstream, I was going to include, you know, Fugazi's 13 songs, but that was 1989, so I had to back out. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, this is much more recognizable stuff.
1: But. Well, we'll see how it goes. And on that note, like I said, that'll be it for today's Casual Friday. As always, big thanks to my man, Del Reed. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Del Reed 716. I will put a link again in the show notes as well. Make sure you pick up this latest edition of 26 shirts. Trust the results. I think it's really crafty. I like it a lot and it will benefit Alex, 29 year old fighting cancer. God bless her, man. God bless all you for listening. I really, truly appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Thanks for doing the podcast as always, man. I look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully for once, I'll be the one having a starting five victory, buddy.
2: We'll see Good luck.